Welcome to the Thinking Church podcast with Lee Button and me, Chris Bright. Thinking Church exists to help your church thrive by helping you think through key strategic topics of church life. Each week we'll be tackling a different subject of church life and we'll be joined by some special guests along the way. So if you like this podcast, why not give us a like, give us a rating and give us a review as well. So without further ado, get your thinking caps on and let's get on with this week's episode. Good. Hey, what do you think to my points? Do you like them? Well, we will hear because I, you know, I think I do like them and I think that people will like them because now I have pressed record. Oh. Uh, I'm not going to take off this first bit because why would I? But yes, I do love your points. And um, Hang on a minute. Have, have we got to start with Merry New Year? Is that where we're at? Yeah, we, we are in the new year. This is the second podcast of the new year because our first podcast... Oh, was... recording schedules, Chris. I don't know what I'm doing. Well, here, here we are. But you weren't on the first one because I interviewed Justin Towler. And Justin is... Uh, he, he is the pastoral care uh, well, and well-being... You know what, Chris? For renewal. going outside of... Yeah, for going outside of me and interviewing somebody else who's far more interesting, it's like, I am going to stick with, it's my first one, so Happy New Year. Well, Happy New Year <laughs> to you, Lee. Um, yes, it is a delight to see you. And we'll ju- just go back to, to, to Justin Towler, because I was um, making a social media post to, to put out, so I, I tried to find a picture of him, so I googled his name, and Justin Towler, there was a you know one of those Google sidebar things that came up. I thought, well, this is interesting. And it, I found out that he is the person that played Macapaca in in the Night Garden. Well, I'm, I'm sure he's loving the fact that we are we're, we're saying. Well, a lot I, about I that. have, you know, because I don't want to be, you know, I'm not just here to put out conspiracy theories. Um, I thought Macapaca was a real person. Um, no, I didn't. Um, but so what I did was I I emailed Justin to say, is this true? And he did come back and say that he can neither confirm nor deny. So it's out there. Make your own decisions, listeners. Yeah, but 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 he has his own IMDB page. He does. And you can yeah, actually yeah. see his credits for other work he's done. Yes. Of which, to be fair, I think I would be most proud about me and Macapaca. Although I'm wondering one. how much I'm wondering how many times he had to voice that over because I think Macapaca says the same thing a lot. Yes, but I mean, you know, that doesn't take away from the fact that there's a lot of intonation that goes into for that. Yeah, I was like, Justin, if you listen, I I am no by no means undermining the skill that was required uh, yeah, I think, or the yeah, amount of need... time taken to do that. <laughs> it, I think it, you know, this is significant role. He had, he had to wash all the stones, and um, he had to use the kind of the. For anybody listening thing. who doesn't know what in the night garden is, oh, everyone's um, gonna know what it is. It's the thing well, that y- happens y- y- before y- y- the bedtime story. Yeah, on on kids' TV. Yeah, CBBS. Uh, yeah, yeah, on yeah. CBBS. Um, and yeah, following the exploits of a little blue character called Iggle Piggle, and uh, yeah, off he goes into the night garden and meets weird and wonderful characters. It, I mean, the the show is basically. Um, it could be described as hallucinogenic. I think would be, but in a, in a in a innocent way. Look for for adults, it just looks weird. For kids, it is everything. And, like the, and the if, shapes and that is amazing. And if you haven't watched it before, it, the you know the narration is done by Derek Jacobi. You know, thespian True. legend 
Derek Jacobi. So what more could True. you want? So there we are. I think probably uh, at this point, I, it's a good point yeah, to try I think, and segue. Yeah, let, 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 let's move on, Chris. Let's, let's move on. Okay, well, we're back with a new podcast in the new year, well, second one of the new year. And um, today, well, the, the UK has gone back into now a third lockdown. And I couldn't find a rhyming thing of, you know, we're going to rock down to the lockdown number two, which was what we did last time, um, because there's no songs that exist about lockdown. number. Not that there wasn't one about lockdown number two, because that was electric avenue uh, but lockdown number three doesn't seem to rhyme so easily so i've created one which i thought what, what we can do is look at three strategies each to help you through lockdown number three so what we've we've both gone away and thought of three things each that uh, will help you through lockdown number three so let's let's get cracking with it um it's just worth saying before we do start um if you've got any questions or discussion then drop us an email i'm hoping that lee's actually made this email inbox which is podcast at thinking.church um and uh so there is one and lee is checking it daily for sorry i was nodding for the listeners at home (laughs) Uh, chris and i can chris and i can see each other that's true we can see each other socially distant across the zoom waves but we Social are, distance, but... of course, yes. Yeah. Um, across the wavelengths, uh, yes. So let's get started. Lee, do you want to introduce your your first one, your first strategy to help people through lockdown number three? Yeah. So this is look. I think we can already we can already find out that since last March that these things now aren't short term, and the effects of what we're going through are probably going to be seen for a long time, even after. You know, lockdown lifts and people are vaccinated, repercussions. So here's my thing. Your next strategy is plan for behavior and habit change. This is going to have gone on long enough that people will have changed their behaviors. They will have changed their habits. We've seen shifts in working and all sorts of things. Don't think of this now as short-term strategies to go past. Start thinking longer term with how you plan and put strategy in place, um, particularly around making sure that you're documenting best practices what's working, remembering to tell the stories. Um, But look, this isn't going to change back in a snap overnight. Think long term and plan for the behavior and habit change. Yeah, that's that's right, I think, Um, because I think we have gone long enough. You know, I've I've heard it said that how long does it take to form a new habit? 28 days or 29 days or anything about like 28, 30, 40, I've, you know, I've heard those kind of like patterns, but I think essentially like a, a month kind of like really gives you it. Give, well, we're, we are, go. we're slightly over the month mark now, aren't we? <laughs> a, few, a few months over the month mark. I don't know. It feels like a never ending day, to well, be fair, but it's... Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, I think it's recognising, because you can do that thing of like, let's just hold on until the vaccines rolled out in sometime in spring but we just don't know it's going to be like that and the prime minister's already said that it's not going to be you know it's just going to end overnight and suddenly we're all can just go back to normal it's not going to work like that so i think these practices now are and how church is currently running is in some way going to be how church is probably always going to run for the future because that's it some yeah. of this is some of this is changing uh, in such a way that, like I said, with um, working patterns, people, you know, even with like how, how our days are going to run and commuting, we, we actually don't know what and can't plan for an immediate return to just gathering 
or as if like the day that this stops, we can just switch back on meeting together again. There will still be apprehension and caution because there'll be behaviors and patterns and habits that are formed as a result. Also, it might not be now what people demand. People might actually prefer some of what's going on right now. It gives them more um, opportunity within the content that you're creating and how to how to participate in everything. So, you know, for those reasons, it's like stop stop looking at this as putting in place short term. Uh, start thinking of this as long term and actually actually plan for that. Also, it makes you consistent. Like if you plan this way and you've got a whole plan in place and this does change, but you stick with it, you're providing consistency. So it is win-win. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm thinking about, you know, the habits that have changed. You know, I, I think many people, if you said 10 years ago that you will be buying clothes online and, you know, most people have said, no, no, but I'll always be able to go to, to Debenhams. And, you know, obviously Debenhams, well, I, expect, I don't know if it's gone, well, you know, nationwide. Sure but it's, gone. Yeah. it's gone, isn't it? Um, and in Gloucester, Debenhams, which was the cornerstone of... Uh, uh, King's Square, uh, the uh, the most ugly square in Gloucester, um, and um, but it's under regeneration. But it was it was going to be there, and you know we, it was a, it was the big department store that you could rely on, and now that's gone. And actually, now we're all everyone's buying clothes on Amazon and ASOS and places like that, and and now it's just other online other online retailers are available not but just if the they want to a <laughs> yeah i just started from the beginning i couldn't think of anything else so i just started <laughs> if you like animals like the aardvark and <laughs> and the antelope um yes i just start with a and yes um but you know that now buying clothes online you know you it used to be unthinkable and i think that you know the thought of doing church online was unthinkable and oh it's not real it's not real church but of course it's now real church it has to be yeah. real church because there's no this isn't going to end this is this is just how we do things now and there will there will you know there will be a thing of in person but there's in person at the moment but i think there's that um and and even with the, the current lockdown churches can still open if they want to we won't get into the debate of whether they should or not but that means that that the in-person and online thing is is still um, is now a long-term strategy that's that's now in place. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, is this this linking into into yours into yours now about in-person and online? Yes. Like, yeah, like you know, expand on that a bit. Like, as 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 a strategy, what's you know, how should that be considered? What what have you seen? Well, I think that in-person and online aren't separate beasts. Uh, I think that now, when you're thinking about, okay, we do on, on, are we doing online or are we doing in-person? Kind of, it's, it's actually linking to a point that you made uh, in our podcast about the, the 10 things we'd learned in 2020. And you talked about how we need to be 
platform agnostic. And I think that this is now the case where think of your service as a service. It doesn't matter whether people are in the room or not now. It's just they're not different beasts. They're the same beast. Mm. It's just where it's happening. And if you think about it that way, it allows you to be a lot more adaptable. So whether people are in the room or not, and it also links to the, a point that I made in that same podcast where churches that had already innovated beforehand found this a lot easier because they just went, okay, we'll just do what we were doing with online church, but we just won't have people in the room now. And I think that's just the case. I think having that, that thing where it can, it can be in-person and online, or it can just be online I don't think it'll ever just be in person anymore, but you've got those two options and it doesn't matter the restriction. It doesn't matter. You know, now you can do it where you think, okay, you know, the snow has stopped a service or something like that. You know, it's all right. We'll just carry on. We do an online service. It's, it's just now yeah. part of an adaptive strategy for running church so, as normal. Just going to touch on that. So I, I did some work with a charity client um, late 2019. Seems like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? Yes. Um, which was actually called Brexit Preparation Strategy. Okay. Which is also still a hot topic. Um, whether, you know, when the future historians are studying which 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 month of 2020 was most, most critical. Um, <laughs> look, it's... And, and what, what we found was is that a lot of the things that we were putting in place for this Brexit preparation strategy is already pulling up from other policies and documents that are in place to do with um, disaster and even things like uh, flu epidemics, flooding, um, you know, supply chain being cut uh, and, uh, you, know, uh, you know, lack of medicine. A lot of these things were actually already in place you know, documented policies. And then it was just extending them and making them appropriate to Brexit and any nuances, you know, civil disorder and these kind of things. Um, but then extending that into the one when, when COVID hit and they had to adapt some of those policies and procedures and do some other bits and pieces was actually really interesting that a lot of those things that we already had and are documented for one thing all stood. So when we talk about this like in-person and online, Actually, you should probably already have had something in place in case your building, if you have a building, experienced a flood or a fire or, you know, a power cut that you can't get in, um, you know, or, you know, some of these other things that are, have a, a higher probability of happening should have already had things in place to mitigate. So I think you're right. This this idea of in-person and online is like I, I, actually how you get your how you get things out there how you talk to people how you gather and communicate and you know have communion with one another actually you you could be thinking through irrespective of the medium because you know pandemic aside you don't know if like if you have a building you could be hit by flood power cuts you know building problems that you know shut them down and you know these things do happen so actually this is just about being prepared full stop yeah uh, so as part of um being in the leadership of my church, we were having this discussion when lockdown three came about, which was, you know, is it right to, even though churches are allowed to stay open, is it right for us to not just open just, just because is, is that still the right thing? And what we decided was that actually some, just to say, right, we are going to close can be quite a, uh, a definite strategy, right? That's, that sets us down a road and so what we've decided instead is we just said right we'll take it two weeks at a time we'll close for the next two weeks and then we'll we'll just adjust as we go along and I think that's what 
that's quite nice actually is that churches can have that adaptability to say okay if the restrictions are this we'll do it this way if it's do it this we'll do it this way but it's not going to change in essence what what we're doing because that in person and online are they they are one and the same thing because it's just all a service or it is a um, a small group strategy or it is you know or it's a course or, or whatever you're doing it actually doesn't really yeah. matter whether it's online or or in person and if, if you're planning something for in person and then need to cancel it it's probably meaning that you should rejig your strategy to always have an online element anyway so that if it gets cancelled for some reason, whether that's COVID or another thing, you know, it could be anything else, you know, like we said, like snow or flood or whatever, then you can always just go, right, but we can always fall back to online. Or if someone can't make it because, you know, they've suddenly had a childcare issue or something, well, they can just join in online. It doesn't make a difference. Yeah. The, the thing still is, is still there. It makes us more resilient, I think. Have it, I was going to say, it's just giving me absolute flashbacks though to when i used to manage a really large venue um for a church like really really huge venue very very old and actually having had to deal with um power cuts loss of water and leaking roofs and things that have actually meant like in the moment changes to how you are about to handle stuff and do stuff as well as you know a couple of incidents with uh uh kind of like more like protest style stuff people coming in and things like that so it's really interesting like it, you know a lot of this is backed up but I think, you know this this touches into like i've my my my, my next strategy is it actually i think really really touches on this the same as what you've just said chris i won't spend too long on it is we don't want to make digital a sacred cow either like yeah. you know we don't want to put structure before content yeah. actually great content is great content in one sense almost no matter what the medium especially if you want the breadth of who can engage with it we tend to think of it the way that we see content so if you're you know if you're totally able-bodied and you're um you know you're able to gather in person and all the rest of it it's great and yeah it's a different experience of that content but we can't we can't take away from those who will experience that content in a different way either mm-hmm. so like you know the, the medium it's like you know there's people that listen to live stuff there's people that listen to stuff on podcast i've seen people put up stuff that's live but still read it with subtitles on and things like that because it, it helps them in their processing actually we're, we're going broader as a result of doing these things but we don't want to make digital like the be all and end all of everything that we're doing now actually work out what content you want to put out first and then you know, adapt to the mediums and the means of, of, of how to do that so that you, you prioritise what you're trying to say before how you say it. Because I think in-person services was clearly a, a sacred cow for churches, and understandably so. But then you're right that digital can be that sacred cow as well. Suddenly, it's we've well, got to have a digital strategy. It's all about the digital strategy, and and we would agree with that. You know, you do need a digital strategy, but actually, what's more important than those things 
is it's not about whether it's in-person or digital at all. That like that's the putting the structure before the planning, or you know, it's who are we trying to reach, what's the content that we're trying to bring to them, and how are we helping them. And again, it you're, you're, it links back to that being platform agnostic on things because it means that okay, like it we're not going to allow digital to become the thing. It's not all about online church. Online churches could then just become the new in-person church. And when something happens, what <laughs> happens when the internet goes down in that sense? Because, and that's true because that could happen. You know? say, if only we'd had recent experience of this, Chris, for those listening, Chris and I were recording for a very well-known radio broadcast yesterday. Um, and the people orchestrating it their internet kept cutting out and i think we recorded it in what about seven or eight pieces in the end yeah only like 25 minutes long and it just took just took so long so like yes it can happen and i i think that you know that that's the thing but you know, just because something's online the thought that people turn up at 10 30 to view it it's like really is that mm. how people are engaging with it now? I, I don't, I don't think, I don't, and this is what I go back to like my, you know, number one is like actually we're planning for behavior and habit change. People will be watching this in much more disjointed ways, watching the kids bit during kids times, you know, in early doors, watching probably the bit that's more for, you know, the older people in the families um, when the, you know, maybe when the kids have gone to bed or on another night of the week or, you know, experiencing it a different way. So like, yeah, we, we can't hold to this being maybe as highly structured as we thought, which is why you can't put structure first. Like it's, that's. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. really interesting for, you know, if you're putting out a service online, probably the, the thing you should not put on is the date. It doesn't need to oh. be date specific. It doesn't matter that it happens on. Hello, on good morning. Great to have you with us at 11 o'clock today. Yeah, exactly. It's because, sunny. Yeah. Yeah. Because it actually doesn't matter. Because all that you do is you just you make that uh, content unusable within a very short space of time. Because even after a few days, content ages very, very quickly if it's got a time and date linked to it. So, for instance, um, I am not going to watch um, the football scores as they come in from 2016. I'm not going to watch final score. On, you know, I'm not going to watch it back on iPlayer from 2016 or, or be it from a week ago because I know the scores and it's all a bit old already and even if I don't know the scores it's still a bit old it's a bit like I remember once um trying to watch the Champions League final I don't know sorry this is football related so I apologize to everyone here but I remember trying to watch the Champions League final after the Champions League final had happened so I was trying to watch it not see the result and then watch it afterwards and knowing that it was live and it completely changed it for me because it felt like some kind of like, it's weird. It felt almost like fatalistic. Well, what will happen has happened. So <laughs> yeah. I'm just why, watching. Why, why, am I, why am I cheering? Yeah. So something, so, but I think for churches, this means that the fact that it's live is a good thing. I think it's fine to, you know, to say we're going to do, you know, we're going to put it live at 1030, but don't put anything in your service. That's going to say it's 1030. It's the, the, 7th of January or whatever it is and because it doesn't it doesn't actually matter what's more important is to say this is what we're talking about this is the subject this is what we're thinking about today because that's the thing that's going to live on that's the thing that's going to make people click and I think this is the other part to this 
is that it what it means is that when you're tracking who came to church because i think this has been this has been a thing for churches is that's been hard is how, how you know before you count the numbers of bodies in the room and you say well that's how many people we had this sunday but now you can't just you can't just say well this was the number of people that watched or the average viewers that watched on facebook or youtube or whatever across the live stream because if someone watches it later they're just as much engaged with that so yeah. how do you track that do you give that a week do you give that a month you know and actually when you look at youtube videos and how people track them they they actually give it a lot longer time for it to reach its kind of like state of maturity than we would normally so i think don't get het up if you're you know if your online service has got a few views but then it has more oh, in a week's time i think that's okay yeah and i think it, this is where the church is probably only just catching up with patterns of consumption in this manner i think it's it's increased greatly with how people watch television but actually when we're dealing with people that don't have a church background and people who are as yet you know outside of the church as it were that actually their 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 attitudes and behaviors and that the habits that they have are much more around you know i i can get to this story in a short time and actually if it really hooks me i'll probably watch a couple back to back you know this kind of thing like we we need to go with that a bit do you know what i mean it's you know we're trying to not not that ground swallows away you know not not that maybe we're aiming to like go viral but I think are we are we a bit beyond this kind of sort of like no we preached the bible and it was 50 minutes and we went deep into the word kind of thing or actually somebody giving you an absolute nugget that could be digested in five minutes 15 minutes but like multiple times a week actually creates the momentum behind what you're saying helps you know I know there's a level of engagement uh, with that, but actually how people are, you know, doing the consuming of the, of, of what's, of what's going out there has to, has to be part of it, but it makes it much easier to share having that, you know, good formatting. Um, and so like, yeah, you know, concentrate on, on, on that, on that first. And you can, you know, in one sense, you know, like hook people. Um, so I think we need to get past some of the, you know, our own personal, maybe what we've been brought up with or grown up with. Although, you know, I, I'd not really, I wasn't in church as, as as much as a young person. I was a, I was university age when it kind of like really became something for me. So like we, uh, for those reasons, uh, you know, got, got to take that into account. We're not, we're not serving our preference as people who are already in church. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm going to have to just edit this bit out because I can actually hear. Oh, there we are. There was a buzzing that. So I'm just going to leave that in. There we are. There was a buzz that was on the line, and the buzzing has stopped. Oh, so I'm happy. No, it's right. It's fine. Don't worry. I do, I do apologize. Don't know where that came from. I can't. Hear I, do you know what? I think what no, it was. There we was, go. It was the buzz of excitement from what you said. So yeah, let's let. What we'll do is we'll just we'll we'll just stop it there, and I'll do you know I'll do the um, the classic musicy bit that fades in. And then I'll start the next point when the music fades out. Okay, so point number four, which is my second one. Uh, don't create a show, create community. And I think for churches that are going into lockdown three, 
how I could really encourage them is that you don't have to have the, the best production value for your online service. If you create community, community is a stronger pull than a really well-produced show. And I think we see this all across all different types of media, that if you can have something where people feel like they belong, you will keep people coming back a lot longer and get engaged more. And it's a great example of this. Um, is you know you just just look at other videos. I I would um, I'm an Arsenal fan. I I keep up to date with some some YouTube um, pages on Arsenal, and the best ones that are the ones that have that user interaction where people's comments and feedbacks and feedback and thoughts are uh, read out, and so you hear the same voices, you know, or you know you hear the same voices read out. You don't know who they are. But you you start to get to know them, and there's this sense of community that's uh, that's on there, and and they are often not the ones that are the best produced ones. It's because that you you know them. There's community, and I think allowing for voices and for people to be heard and for people to ask questions. I think that's going to be a big thing now. Um, you know, probably one of the biggest things you can do to create community is either at the end of every service or at the end of every series that you do, if you if you work in, in series, just do a Q&A, allow questions and answers, um, just so that your your church are just asking questions. It creates that sense of community where people can can input and they have a um, they have a voice and they want to use their voice and um, and input that into um, into the service. So I think yeah, create community rather than creating a show, and I think that's really going to help churches. I think there's that also when you're doing that don't try to do everything okay. yeah it's the you know and I think you know there's a, a bit of an adage of you know you go go narrow to go broad yeah actually your, your your appeal is wider if you're doing something well and you know there's so much that people put up with if if they're enjoying the content um so i think yeah you know working out what you will um double down on what you will like you know what what facets of what you're doing will you master that allows you to be kind of like real laser focused very narrow actually helps you you know oddly have a wider reach and so i think we need to we need to be really um uh, mindful of that in kind of like how how it, how it comes about. I mean, so I've I've got a, can I can I can I share a personal theme for the year, Chris? Like please, this is a, per, a personal strategy. So, uh, well, you know, we 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 hear enough about Arsenal, so I thought I'd bring something else to the mix for once. That's um, fine. Is that? <laughs> it's not fine, but carry on. Um, so, yeah, okay, okay, I do, I do apologize. <laughs> Look, my, my 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 personal theme, my my for that I'm taking up for the year is to make better jazz. 
Okay. So for one, I am a bit of a jazz lover. Uh, for those that don't know, I actually do play the trumpet uh, quite badly, um, although I've played it for a very long time. Um, and my jazz playing is not the best, but I still love jazz. Oh, sorry. Can but I just interject? A... Can I interject to this point? What, favorite jazz oh. musician? I mean, I'm a Miles Davis fan myself. I mean, to be fair, right, so Miles Davis is, is up there for me, not just on the trumpeter or the fact that I have a son called Miles as well. Um, this is, you know, <laughs> these, these things uh, interlink uh, quite, quite a lot. There was a new guy that I started listening to uh, this week who's, who's really um, uh, uh, going in there. Um, oh, I can I? We just have to put sort of hold music, name? hold jazz music on. Whilst yeah, on I was going to say, right, what you've done is, uh, yeah, a guy called Theo Theo Croker. Um, but yeah, like the, that that kind of, yeah, that's more like the kind of like New York jazz scene and things like that anyway. But uh, Win Winter Marsalis is up there as well for me. So um, there's, anyway, sorry, you've distracted me. You've totally taken my train of thought. Should we do Not, the, back, um, back we're going to start a new podcast called the like Thinking, Thinking Jazz? Should we do Thinking Jazz? Uh, there's there's some people I really admire that do do this so well, but I could get yeah. Look, we'll get lost in that another day. We we'll get go back, go back to actually. There's a there's a there's a really good jazz church uh, in uh, Birmingham Way, I believe. That's cool. Um, jazz community jazz community church, uh, which oh, you know what? Maybe we should we should we should talk to them about doing something different. That'd be cool. Anyway, different note. So really really old. Uh, um, kind of like late 70s, I think it was like 1979, there was a guy um, and he's a jazz, jazz pianist and he was um, asked to go and basically record an album. Uh, no, uh, play a concert, sorry. Okay. And uh, Keith Jarrett is his name, Keith Jarrett. And he he was hooked in and it was one of those things like everything went wrong okay so the a young promoter that was involved um i believe it was uh, a, a young girl and it was like a it was a classical venue so not a traditional jazz venue um it asked for a piano uh, the wrong kind of piano was delivered it was also kind of like you know worse than a pub piano it was awful you know battered action not quite missing keys but like it was not it was not good it was not what you would get in for this guy coming right yet they somehow convinced him to still play and um, those that want to listen it's called the Colm uh concert k-o with the umlauts l-n um after after where the where the concert hall was and uh he played anyway this album went on to be like the number one jazz piano album since Okay, even though everything in the setup for it was kind of wrong. I think this is a little bit like you're saying, like, you know, people put up with some of that if, if, if the content piece. But like, he, he played out of his skin, but he was so good. His skill was so well honed. He went so narrow on the things that he was able to do that even though the piano wasn't like the best and the circumstance and the, the how late it all played and all the rest of it didn't really work in fact there's a point you can actually hear him shouting at the piano while he's playing on the recording um like groaning about how bad it is he produced something that was incredible and so when i say about make better jazz it's that idea that actually being so good and so focused on 
on a skill and something we do so well that we get the breadth to what we want to achieve. But also that ability to kind of like the better skilled we are in that thing and the more we know what we're doing with it, the easier it is to riff and to um, improvise. And so that for the year would be for me, is like that, you know, go narrow to go broad. That way when things hit you and things come against you and you don't really know what's going on, you've got all of the skill that you need to still make something incredible and to be able to improvise and to flex with it. Um, even if there's frustration for you and pain and stuff that comes through it, actually it tells such a story. So my aim this year is to, you know, for, for, for the term, make better jazz, is to actually, with the skill that I have, really double down on it, that the, the flexibility and the improvisation that comes with it is easier. Um, and, I, and I believe that for churches as well. This is, this is a year with everything that we've done and the learnings that we have. Capture those things that we've learned and do well, double down on them to such an extent that your breadth increases um, and actually it helps you be better at improvisation and moving forward anyway. Yeah, I mean, I'm a musician myself, so I know that when you know the basics really well and then it means that when when you have to go off piste and you know the church has had to do that a lot in the last year if you know those fundamentals then and you know if you work on your scales then you can you can improvise yeah because essentially you're just working around scales and um and it means that whenever something's thrown in the you, you're not you're not unprepared and I, I like that thought that in one sense the church is a, is a bit like jazz and it, you know maybe the church has been a bit too much like you know rock music where you know it's it's everything's quite straight and and the church has had a lot of rock music uh, and i also like rock music um and, but it's very straight and it, it, it's very much on the beat and there's often it doesn't allow for that you know what happens when you know you, you've got to go straight straight through it's often quite highly rehearsed and those kind of things but what happens when you've got a improvise and things aren't going well and it's when you've got to be well versed in things and, and you've got to know you've got to know your instrument well you know you've got to know and that instrument in this example is well it's it's how to disciple people discipleship is the you know being is is that instrument how, how do you disciple people well those fundamentals still remain whether you've got to do that online, in person, or however, you just got to learn how to improvise. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I really like that, and I think that that go narrow thing is really is really key. I think that the, this season that we're in lockdown three again, we've got to go back to the fundamentals. Just do what you do well, and stick with that. I think that's going to be really important. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go with Excellent. number six, last one. Um, and that is, don't be content with poor content. Uh, see what I've done there, Lee. See what I've done. Um, I think that uh, we talk about before about content being being king. And I think that more and more, I think church as it was in 2019 allowed a lot of poor content. And in fact, what we did was, and it's I think it completely links as well to that go narrow to go broad thing, is that we had breadth of normally very poor content um from our services to our small groups to our anything you know any kind of ministry the the content was usually actually quite poor 
And I think that this time demands of us as a church that we must double down on great content. Great content is the the key for this, which is first you've got to know who you're speaking to. And then you've got to speak to the needs that exist in that person and what they're thinking about and what they're wrestling through. And then and then minister to those and create content, you know, ministry content around that. How can you do that really, really well? And I think that the the days the days of of allowing a kind of having a shallower idea of this is is gone you know nowadays i think no one wants to interact with something that's that's only an in, inch deep and a mile wide uh, and i don't think we can do that anymore i and i you know we should never have done that in the first place but now the the need for people to you know even if you're never interacted with the bible before or you know the things of you know of things of god or the holy spirit or whatever that may be i think People, even when they're brand new to things, they want to interact with something at depth because I think that's actually respecting people very well. So I think the the days of saying, oh, let's just water this down, are just, just so long gone. And um, because I think great content, people always want to go deeper into a subject. They want to have the detail. They want to talk about it more. They want to be able to think about that and okay what does that mean for me so so I, I would encourage churches you know create great content but that doesn't mean going shallow i think that means going going deeper in your content excellent hopefully that's six things i think there's probably about 26 things actually there chris um yeah and some you know a little uh a little foray into the world of jazz as well um there's we've discussed Macapaca as well um so i feel like you know if you add those two to it <laughs> there's a lot of things uh, but you know we'll, should we, we'll call it there we'll call it time there i think that's a good uh that's a good start for the beginning of the year if you've got any thoughts feedback do you think we'd love to hear it we actually really want to um we want to talk with you about those things, interact with them. So do email us podcast at thinking.church. We'd love to interact with you and read out your thoughts on the show. Lee, thank, thank you so you. much for, for your time as ever. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I look pleasure. forward to your, your jazz podcast. Yes. Uh, in progress. Brilliant. All right. I will see you next week, mate. Cheers. Bye-bye. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode. And don't forget that you can send in your thoughts, comments, uh, discussions for whatever we've talked about. Uh, just drop us an email, podcast at thinking.church. And we'd love to be able to read it out on the show. Uh, we'll be back with another podcast next week. So stay tuned for that. Uh, we will see you soon. Bye for now. <laughs>